give a consequence and they're like, that's not fair, you know, why can't, why are you doing this? And I, I have like no problem having learned these things to say, I'm doing this because God put me in charge. It's my job to make sure that you're safe, to make sure that you don't do what's wrong. So uh, this is Pastor John. This is Pastor Tim. And we're doing a live recording of our podcast. Uh, for some of you on Facebook who maybe don't listen to podcasts, or maybe you haven't didn't, discovered yeah, the podcast. Maybe didn't know it existed until right this moment. Right this moment. So that's what we're doing. Uh, we're going to talk today about uh, Christian parenting and the three uses of the law. So in our uh, Roman series, we, uh, we talked about the three uses of the law, what the law does, what it can't do, and uh, we're going to kind of plug that into Christian parenting because, uh, man, we all need some help as parents. Yeah. A lot yeah. of tired parents out there. And we need some guidance. Need some guidance. But before we get into parenting, we have a, a dad joke. I actually have a dad joke, and I hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> So I'm pretty good at don't messing worry, up. Don't worry, it's, okay. it's live. All right, no <laughs> it's live. <laughs> so the joke goes like this. I, I heard it uh, the other day. So uh, a wife said to her husband, uh, hey, honey, can you go to the store and pick up six cans of Sprite? All right. Do you know this one? No, I don't. But he, I know what Sprite is. He got seven up instead. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. solid. Yep. Just one can. That is solid, yeah. Why did why did the uh, bicycle take a nap? You tell me. Because it was too tired. <laughs> it's too tired. That's I give that a medium. <laughs> yeah. So. I haven't tried that one on my kids yet. We'll see if yeah, they, they like that they one. They it. like bikes, so yeah. We'll see. All right. So let's, yeah, let's dig into this. Um, so you preached a sermon that really outlined the three uses of the law recently. I as did. As we see them in Romans. But what are those three uses of the law? Three uses of the law. Okay, number one is a curb. And what does that mean? Yeah, just it's a barrier. It's a boundary. It stops and prevents. It's a stop sign. Yeah. It says, do not pass. Yep. And the curb uh, does exactly what a line on the road does to keep you from running into mailboxes or crossing the line. Right. The, the, The law is there to keep you from doing stupid things. Things, there's, right. There's consequences that happen to you right. when you do said stupid things. So if you, if you run someone over with your car. There's going to be consequences for yourself, for other yeah. people, for those around you. Really what, what this is, is it's God's law. And this is a really merciful thing God's doing. It's mm-hmm. God's law seeking to prevent the worst that we could do as humans. Okay. And so even these laws are, are really reflected in the laws we have in society, if they're just laws. Yeah. There are laws that are trying to protect life, protect property, protect reputation. So this, I mean, um, people talk about natural law. It used to be a more popular conversation, mm-hmm. but there's a natural law. It's kind of baked into creation. It's consequence. It's, it's cause and effect. It is, and it's, yeah. But there's morality that you can find in every culture. Yeah, that reflects us to a, a lesser or a greater degree, and we all kind of know it through experience. 
Okay. So I've heard it said that if you break God's law, God's law will break you. Okay, I fought the law. And I the, fought the law and, and the, the law, law won. won. Okay. It's like, it's just this natural outworking that God designed us to live in certain ways as human beings. And if we don't live that way, we're going to run into the rough edges of life and actually hurt others. And, and so that's what the law is trying to do. Now notice that at this point, it doesn't really matter whether you want to keep the law or not. This is the world of rewards and punishments. If you do the good thing, you get the cookie. If you do the bad thing, you get, you get time out. You know, it's like, yep. um, because we need to, to, to put a barrier between the worst we can do and others. So the first use of the law, God's law, mm-hmm. is a curbing. Yeah. It curbs our evil behaviors. Yeah, and I'll give you an example of this from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. It says, now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just or the righteous, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, etc. So basically Paul's saying like the laws, one of its functions is just to, to say no to the things that we want to say yes to. So yeah, that's the first use. Okay, so it check, puts our evil in check. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So what is the second use of the law? Uh, the second use of the law is what we call the theological use, meaning that it's, it's going to lead us to God, mm-hmm. namely to Christ, uh, by showing us that we need mercy. Uh, we, we call this the mirror. Yeah. And, it, and so let's say that I have spaghetti sauce on my face. Um, I don't know it. I'm walking mm-hmm. around just saying hi to people. Mm-hmm. But you'd be really merciful if you told me, hey man, <laughs> go wash your face. Like you got spaghetti sauce. You got something in your teeth. Yeah. Um, Some basil. Basil, yeah, yeah. yeah. Italian food. Yeah. It shows you that there's a problem. Or we can say it's a diagnosing use. Okay. It's going to diagnose you as sick, as ill, so that you might find a cure. Yeah. So this is, again, graciousness from God mm-hmm. because... No one wants to hear that they have an illness or they have like a cancer, but the sooner you hear that and the sooner you face that truth, the sooner you're going to seek a doctor. Mm -hmm. And so the second use of the law is going to show us our sin in hopes that we also are made aware of the Savior, um, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this use of the law is, is, it doesn't feel good. It, It shows us that we are sinners and actually that we actually can't control sin that sin is utterly sinful, mm. that, that like, and I mentioned this in the sermon, we think when it comes to sin that we have a common cold, sniffs and sneezes, but uh, the, the law comes in and it shows us that we're diagnosed as terminal and we actually can't help ourselves. And the more we try to help ourselves, the worse we get. And so it's yeah. gonna drive us to Christ and Christ alone. By works of the law, no one will be justified because by the law comes knowledge of sin. Right. I'm going to share just a quick scripture yep. outside of Romans because we've been in Romans like forever and will be forever. But Four months, five months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Galatians, same author, Paul says, uh, why then the law? This is chapter 3, verse 19 and then 21 through 22. Why then the law? Why did God give us the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come, that's Christ, to whom the promise has been made. And then Paul says, is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. 
but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Uh, it imprisons everything in sin. It shuts down all our options so that we have to say Christ, Christ alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, Kyrie eleison, you know, is like this, this is the prayer of the church, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's, that is one of the primary things that Christians pray is just, Lord, save us. Like, we, we are not the strong ones in the scenario. We are the patient. You are the doctor. So, Lord, have mercy. Right on. Yep. So, the second use of the law prepares us to say that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It brings us to Christ. Okay. Yeah. And then the third use of the law. Third use of the law, and I'm glad we're mentioning this because at the 11 o'clock service uh, a couple sermons ago, I completely missed the third use. I got so excited yeah. <laughs> about one of my points and time was ticking. And so I, I forgot to tell people what the third use is. In fact, I had people come up to me a few people say, what's the third use? <laughs> yeah, like, because you gave a very clear outline. You're going to talk one, about one, two, three. One, two, three, and then and I forgot one, three. One, two, amen. What's happening? So It's funny. I had heard that sermon a few times, and I didn't even realize it. Because, you know, when you're preaching, sometimes you get on a roll. You get going. The Spirit yeah. just kind of touches you. Yeah, well, I, I think I missed the Spirit on that one because <laughs> I was supposed to go to the third use. But He had other plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to do it during the offering, but I thought that'd be awkward. Like, hey, everybody, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Before we take our offering, <laughs> I missed something. Sermon extra innings yeah, here. Yeah, extra innings. <laughs> uh, the third use is a guide. So a guide means that, that it's, the law is going to show us uh, what is pleasing to God. It's going to show us what it looks like to walk in love toward God and love of neighbor. It's not actually going to empower us to do that because only mm -hmm. the gospel does that. Mm -hmm. But for those who are made alive in Christ, for those who have the Holy Spirit, the law becomes something that we delight in and we say, yeah, yeah. this is good. Yeah. I see God's reasoning. I see his love behind this command. Uh, in particular, you know, honor your father and your mother, we could say. Yeah. And so you have a good example about, okay, as a parent... Uh, how do we use all three of these uses of the law? As kind of Christian parents, we want to raise our kids, you know, not just to be uh, worldly and wise, mm -hmm. um, intelligent, productive people in the world. That's good. But we have a, a grander mission with our kids. We want our kids to know and trust the Lord fully with their whole heart mm -hmm. through their entire life. And so as parents, we can employ God's law and teach it to our kids uh, in a healthy way. Right. And of course, we need to recognize what the law can't do. The law can't regenerate. It can't save. It can't give faith. Uh, but it's a vital part of our parenting. And it's a vital part of our kids coming to know Christ and, and coming to be formed in his image. And so, yeah, let's, I'm going to, yeah, we'll kind of run through the three yeah. uses. And, and this is practical stuff. I mean, this is for the parents who are in the trenches, the grandparents who you're you're looking and children oh they're great but they're kind of unformed masses of just desires and urges behavior, and yeah, behavior yeah. And, and, um, and personality we need to be cultivated we need okay. to be brought um, towards maturity so uh, here's how the law works it, all three of these uses apply the first is the curbing can we see how this works as a parent yeah, we live here a lot, right, as parents. Yeah. We're curbing our kids' evil desires. Right. Yeah, you may not shoot that Nerf gun at your sister's face. You can't. So th there's a consequence. 
yeah. Nerf gun on top of the fridge, it's gone. Yep. Or if you don't get your homework done, you're not going to be able to have any screen time. Yeah. Uh, or even screen time is a great example because, like, I think when s with screen time and social media, we as parents have to step in with a curbing aspect, which is out of love. We're going to set some boundaries and we're going to say, you can have this much yeah. screen time. Because if we let you have as much screen time as you wanted, you'd be on there as a full-time job. Yeah, it'd be kind of a gluttony yeah. circumstance where you're not attending to any other of your tasks right. that was given you. Yep, same thing like yeah. with no chocolate cake for breakfast, right? <laughs> yeah, right, Not going right. to do that. So No can um, do. So, and, and really, at this point, it doesn't really matter if our kids agree with the law or not. Like, I don't really care if my kid, I do care, but mm. in the moment, I don't care if my kids really believe that it's good, right, and salutary to brush their teeth. It's like, yeah. hey, you're going to do this because it's for your benefit and my benefit and everybody's yeah. benefit. Yeah, so it's, it's going to curb their desire not to do what is right it's all, you know, and encourage them to do that. It's also going to stop, you know, like especially with violence between kids or something like that or name-calling or that mm -hmm. kind of abuse. Yeah. Like it's going to stop evil from happening in, the, in that realm, right? So you're going to – this is – and we live here, you know, right. as parents, especially young kids probably – Mm -hmm. where you're just setting boundaries and you're giving out consequences. So I tell my kids this. I used to do it a lot more, but like you give a consequence and they're like, that's not fair. You know, why can't, why are you doing this? And I, I have like no problem having learned these things to say, I'm doing this because God put me in charge. It's my job to make sure that you're safe, to make sure that you mm -hmm. don't do what's wrong. And so that's my job. I have no problem giving a consequence dispassionately. I'm not, hopefully I'm not too angry when I'm giving consequences. Right. We don't want to parent out of anger, totally. but we just kind of like, hey, um, well, and it, I think it's helpful to explain the curbing like aspect. I'll give you an example. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, the way that my wife and I have, have used the curbing function of the law is to have our kids watch the documentary Social Dilemma. Right. <laughs> So every once in a while, when the time's right, we're just like, hey, let's go watch Social Dilemma. It, on Netflix, there's a, this documentary called Social Dilemma. And it basically is like all the dangers of screen time and social media, you know. Uh, so really there to kind of like shock you into being like, mm. I don't know if I want a Facebook account when I'm like 10, 12, 13. So it kind of justifies your parenting. Yeah, because yeah. I think that when we're doing the curbing aspect of the law, we have to be able to explain why this makes sense. Like we don't mm -hmm. just give laws and say, because I said so. Uh, we're giving a law and saying, this reflects God's love for you, his character for you. I'm giving you this boundary because we value something important mm -hmm. and also because I value you. So that's good. I think, yeah, just saying giving the reason behind it so it's like my kids like to whittle sticks with they have knives and they whittle their sticks and sometimes they'll whittle them into a sharp point and sometimes those sticks will come near to someone's face and then i pretty much immediately take the stick away for a period of time but just to say i took it away because you need to learn just don't keep it anywhere around someone's eyeball you know yeah no er trip yeah i don't yeah. i don't want you to get hurt or you to hurt right. someone else so let's talk a little bit now about uh, the, the law as a mirror. And, and I think this is probably the hardest one 
to wrap our heads around because so often in like modern parenting, we're trying to just have our kids be compliant and turn out well and not be a disaster. Mm. Sometimes it's easy to forget about the real true purpose of parenting is that our kids would know and trust in Christ. And so we need to be aware that the law, there's an opportunity with the law given to talk about reconciliation to God, meaning that we need to be reconciled. And this is where we get to the heart problem because when our children are breaking God's law or the laws that we have given for their protection, they're revealing a, a, a deeper heart issue. Um, and that heart issue is, um, I don't trust you. Hmm. I think I know better. Uh, and even if I know God's command, I want to be in charge. And so gently as parents, we need to be able to have the kind of conversations where we say, well, like, what's the heart issue? What's going on? Like, why are you not obeying? What does that tell us about your heart? Yeah. And this, I mean, this is kind of pain. We actually resist this about our kids too. We don't want to think our kids are sinners right. to the core, but they are. Right. Just like, just like me. Just like you, we are. Yeah. Right. And just like every mom and dad were. And so to gently reveal that to them is, is kind of a delicate thing. It is. Yeah. You it know, can cause yeah. Like mm-hmm. what in your mind and in your heart made you think it was okay to say that, you know, to your mom, you know, like to be disrespectful or to uh, lie or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like why, why would you, do, I didn't try to teach you to do that. Where did right. that come from? Or like sometimes, you know, when, when kids get caught doing something like lying like multiple times, they can sometimes even say, I don't understand why I did that. Mm. Like what? Like, it's like St. Paul. Yeah, the it's like Romans do, chapter 7. You know, yeah. The good that I, the I want to do, I don't do. Yeah. I don't understand my own actions, mm. as Paul says. And I think that's a great opportunity for us as parents to be sensitive to that, to say, mm. let's talk about the gospel because... We're experiencing the law that we failed, that we're selfish, that we're putting ourselves first. When we experience that, we can talk the gospel, we can speak the gospel into our kids' lives. And I think the best way to do that is to Mm. lead by example. As a parent, you're gonna experience, parents, you're feeling the second use of the law all the time as parents because we know as parents that we're we're not patient enough, we're, we, Mm. you know, sometimes we, we lose our, are cool a little bit and and maybe we are not as you know open and 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 loving as we'd like to be like dad jump on the trampoline with us oh i'm tired (laughs) and so when we experience that i think it's an opportunity for us to ask god for forgiveness to go to christ to say christ alone but also to kind of share that with our kids like to say to our kids i'm sorry your dad is a sinner just like you, and I broke God's commandment. I think we need to be willing to say that. Yeah. I broke God's commandment, and I wasn't patient, or I promised to do something, and I didn't. Mm. So I asked God to forgive me. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's important that we demonstrate it, because you can go wrong with this second use where we don't want to, like, harsh religious home shaming our kids no none of that we want to just gently lead our kids to christ you know yeah i think you know that first use and the second use kind of go hand in hand because 
if there's a behavior that your kids are doing, you you have to curb it. Yeah, you, you do. know, like if a child's lying to you, you have to stop that. That's not going to go well for them in life, right? right? So you have to be on it. But then, say they they hit the same curb again and again and again. You know, I lied, got caught, consequence. I lied, I got caught, consequence. And eventually, there's going to be an upset about that. The kid's mm-hmm. going to be upset because I can't overcome this, or I, right. I feel like my parents aren't fair for whatever reason. So. If, there's emotions eventually. Yeah. And then there seems to be an opportunity when, it, when there's emotions are high to let those emotions cool down mm-hmm. and then have a heart to heart. Yeah. And that's where the second use could come in. Don't do the second use in the moment. <laughs> come back to the yeah. second use. Maybe when the, the tears have stopped flowing and you're doing that sitting on the bed, kind of going through it. Like what, what happened? Yeah. And I think an important thing in that too is to say to our kids things like, there is absolutely nothing you could ever do that would make me not love you. Mm. And there's absolutely nothing you could ever do that would make God not love you. And his forgiveness is always for you. Yeah. Um, so, so that we, say, have that, yeah. that we have that secure environment because kids are going to be more honest when they know that they're, they're loved. Like right. I told my parents dumb things I did because I knew they weren't going to like go nuts on me. Like, yeah. It was humiliating to say, you told me not to do this, and then I did it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you want to tell any stories like that now? You don't have to. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding with you. (laughs) Well, I mean, usually it had to do with, like, first year of driver's license, like running into a mailbox or something because you just weren't paying attention. When your dad just told you to pay attention. And yeah. then you have to admit you I was wrong. Yeah. But then the, when there's this love and this forgiveness there, yes, there's consequences and like, hey, you got to pay for that, you know. But so, uh, yeah, I think the second use, um, when we're talking about the second use, we're, we're revealing to our kids that their hearts are sick. There's a deeper problem. Yeah, like, yeah. and I think we don't want to be cruel with that, but we do want to be clear. It's like, the reason you're doing these things is is because you have you're a sinner because yeah. your heart doesn't do what what God wants it to do and mm-hmm. do you see that that's true then if we say things like that we need to be right there with the gospel and this is one thing that I I really think is powerful as a tool as a parent is yeah you're going to be correcting your kids a lot and you're going to be teaching them God's law but then when that moment comes don't forget the gospel Mm-hmm. And their heart, when their heart's broken, they're cut to the heart by the Holy Spirit. Don't forget to tell them, yeah, this is exactly why Jesus came to this world, to yeah. die for people like you. Yeah. And in, in fact, he has. And he, if you want his forgiveness, you have it. Right? So you can, this is one of the most powerful things that any parent can know. You can declare the gospel to your children. Mm-hmm. You can tell them that their sins are forgiven mm-hmm. when their hearts are turned to him. And yeah. you should. Right. And man, kids change, you know, kids' hearts are malleable. And if you say you've broken God's law and their hearts are shattered by that and you tell them, and this is why Jesus came to, to save you, mm-hmm. like that can be a really powerful moment of uh, just truth and, and spiritual growth and love between parent and child and it's, yeah, recommend. It's really what it is, is, is it's, it's parent evangelism. You're yeah, Evangelizing totally. your kids because totally. they need to hear the gospel yeah, again Discipling and again. your kids, right? Yeah. Re- maturing them. Good. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Just one more thing about the second use. I think this is so important because one of the problems I have with secular approaches mm. to 
um, to discipline and parenting, and by secular I mean we just kind of take God out of the, the equation, secular approaches to parenting is all about behavior modification. It's like, how do we just, mm. you know, because it looks at us basically as just, you know, animals. Yeah, kind <laughs> of input-output. Input-output, yep. It's kind of behaviorism. There's something to that at right. one level, yeah. At one level, that's yeah. the curbing aspect. But but we we want to get to the heart of, of, a, of somebody who's a spiritual creature, you know, somebody who's created in God's image. And, mm. and we, because we can have kids who grow up to be compliant and keep all the rules and still not know Christ and still be lost and go to hell forever. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's why we want, the gospel's yeah. got to be the goal of the parenting. Good. Like, I would rather have my kids grow up and not do anything spectacular in life in terms of job or school, but still know Jesus. Like, that'd be a yeah. way. I think that's good to keep clear that, yeah, again, the goal of parenting is not just to produce productive kids, mm -hmm. um, but rather to produce faithful kids. Yeah. It's yep. a different all, different task a lot of times. Yeah, kind of um, puts a different lens on it. Yeah, I think one more piece is the second use of the law is heart issue, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're talking about the heart. Uh, Satan comes to us and he accuses us constantly. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm his motives is to get to your heart, but then to poison your heart. Right. And I think I can, you know, you've seen this in parenting, like parents can be like emotionally abusive to kids. Mm -hmm. And this might be, you know, some of those kind of more um, fundamentalist Christian households that people react violently against. Yeah. Because the cross of Christ was used to make them feel worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And that's just a lie. Right, that right. God only cuts us down so he can raise us up. So he is the doctor, not driving us to despair, but helping us to realize we need a cure. Mm -hmm. And so crucial to give the gospel freely when the time comes. Well, and yeah, and I think that sometimes kids in really religious households will either, they'll do one of two things. They'll either totally rebel against it or they will have a secret life. Right, yeah, totally. And what we really want in families as we're using the second use of the law is this, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That'd be a great family verse, mm -hmm. you know. There's no condemnation. We are forgiven and free in Christ. But with that, we're actually able to talk about the problem at the heart level. Like we can talk about how broken we are as human beings because we're, we have this, we're living in this grace environment of, it's the air we breathe. Hmm. And so there's no condemnation, but also high accountability that we kind of share. Yeah, like Jesus says, anyone who, you know, um, anyone who has been doing these things in God comes into the light. Yeah. Right, so mm -hmm. I messed it up, but that people see the light and they're, they don't hide anymore. Right. That's what we want. All right. Third use. Yep. Now, a note about the third use. The third use is only for Christians. Okay. So Jesus is Lord. I have his mercy. I have his favor. I belong to God. I'm his child. Mm -hmm. Third use then comes, and what does it do? The third use is a guide. It's going to, I mean, like, 
rules without relationship equals rebellion, mm. but rules within the context mm. of relationship equals willful obedience. Mm. Like mm. when we've been given a new heart in Christ, we're able to look at the rules in a more mature way and say, I understand why that rule exists and I'm going to willingly keep it. So uh, in the context of parenting, this is kind of like level three parenting. This is the place we want to get yeah. is where we have a strong relationship with our kids. We're, we're saturated in the gospel. There's no condemnation. And they begin to actually enjoy and give thanks for and appreciate the boundaries that we set. And they might actually begin to set boundaries for themselves mm -hmm. that reflect the boundaries we gave. It's a mature understanding of the law. Because the more our hearts are rebellious, the more laws we need, hmm. the more hearts are aligned with Jesus, the less laws we need. That's an interesting point. So I'll give you a scripture here. Okay. This is from Romans chapter 13. Paul says, and this is all third use of the law right here. He says, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Hmm. So we recognize God so loved me, I'm gonna love others and love God back. So in the context, context of parenting, this is where the relationship itself is guiding obedience. Yeah, so trying to think of some good examples. Like, for instance, when my, when my parents gave me car keys for the first time, that was a trusting moment. And I got into a lot of problems with that. But then eventually, I figured out, um, hey, you know what? I, I lose a lot less money on my car insurance and on speeding tickets if I just, like, follow the rules. Mm -hmm. And so I figured out that, you know, the law wasn't the problem. I was the problem, mm -hmm. you know, repented, <laughs> forgiveness. Yeah. But it was, the, it was that attraction to that boundary to say, I just know exactly how to not get pulled over by police. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard, actually. You just make sure you Follow do what's right. Yeah, yeah. And you, you don't wreck your car. Or you don't, you know, so is that that's a, a decent way to think about the third use. I don't, any other examples spring to mind? Well, I think what I'll do is I'll give a final example here that illustrates how all three uses function in one scenario. Okay. Mother's Day. This is when kids realize that they're sinners. <laughs> it's because they realize that they're not very good at loving mom. Right? So it's Mother's Day. And some kids are so sweet on Mother's Day. Some of them just aren't. <laughs> sure. It's like, when do I get to play video games? Um, hopefully Mother's Day doesn't interfere with that. Mm -hmm. um, what's the bare minimum I have to do yeah. so that mom's not mad at me? I'm telling the truth, right? Yeah, I got yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> so, so you got Mother's Day. And uh, the, the curbing aspect is when dad <laughs> says to the children, you better have gotten your mom something for Mother's Day. Yeah, where's your card? Where's your card? And then the card is out and it's like, you better write something nice, <laughs> right? That's totally like curb, you know? It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, can we care about mom's feelings? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, she's done a lot for like you. Maybe unt until we write a card, we're not going to the park. Yeah, yeah. we will go to the, car the park when, or you can have your video game time right, right. 
when you write a nice card. You do for what's mom. right. Yeah. Honor your mother. The yeah. second use of the law is like, hey, let's talk about the heart issue because like your mom has done so much for you. She yeah. sacrificed for you. She, she brought you into this world. And yeah, she the cooks you food all the time. Yeah, she puts up with you like the, the least you could do. Like what's, what's wrong with the heart? And, yeah. and so there's an opportunity for recognition that the relationship, there's something off and that we need forgiveness. It or yeah, I think that second use is like, oh man, I'm actually really selfish. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. The, <laughs> like yeah, I'm really self-centered. It shows you like, yeah, I am self-centered and I need grace and mercy. Um, the third use would be like, if you said, man, I want to do something special for mom on Mother's Day and nobody asked you to. It's out of that love, that loving relationship. And you you've been listening carefully to what your mom likes. Mm. That's the guide. You're being mm -hmm. guided. What pleases mom? Yeah. So like, maybe like, I'm not going to get mom baseball cards. Yeah. Because like, mom's not into she's, that. She's not into baseball. Right. Maybe she is. Maybe <laughs> she is, but maybe not. But maybe you're going to get your mom like, you know, like flowers or you're going to get her yeah. some chocolates or you're going to make her a nice card because that's what mom wants. Right. So when we look at God's law, it actually guides us and shows us what are the things that are pleasing to God. So no one's forcing us to do this. It's not a curb. No. It's, I, I figured out that mo I love mom and I want to do something that makes her feel good. Right. Thanks be to God. Yeah. So that's the third use. That's pretty good. You know, just, and what's interesting is it's not a progression, really. All three of these can be happening in your heart at once. Yeah. You know? So like mm -hmm. you can... You can have all three of these. Man, I, I really feel selfish. I need God's forgiveness. I want to please mom and make her feel good and honor her, but I, I haven't I need to get on that. It's the third use. Mm -hmm. Or you can also feel like, okay, dad's going to make me do this. I know he will. So I better get on it. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's a complex is all I'm saying. Like there's the law interacts with us in complex ways. Because we're complex people we and we have an old nature, a sinful nature. We have a new man, the new woman, the new self in Christ. And so... You know, the, 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 the inner man that Paul talks about in Romans 7, mm -hmm. the inner me delights in the law of God and mm -hmm, says, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. You know? But then the old sinful nature who's always looking out for his own is like, I don't think, well, I don't want anybody to rule over me. I'm in charge. You know? I think the third use of the law will really come into play like when our kids are older, you know. Yeah. It's because it happens to everyone. You're like, oh man, my mom was right. Yeah. Like, oh man, my dad was right. Oh, That's a really good rule they gave me. Now and like, I'm a parent. Yeah. Now, now you can call them up or hang out with them at the holidays and be like, hey, thank you. Thanks for saying thanks no. For, yeah, right, thanks for giving me good boundaries. And I love you because you yeah. shaped me in a, in a quality way. Right, right. Good. So um, there it is. Three uses of the law in parenting. Man, parenting's hard. It's complex. You never know if you're doing it right, but I d we just pray that this will be helpful. As yeah. you think, we want you to think theologically about parenting. Yeah, and how you're interacting and how you're shaping your kids. Yep. Shaping them towards faith and faithfulness. That's it. All right. There we go. Well, there we go. There's our first Facebook Live we recording. We did it. Yeah. So good to see everyone out there. Yep. Uh, if you like this, let us know. We might uh, make this our um, permanent um, place where we do our podcasting yeah because then you don't have to go look for the podcast like how do you find a podcast yeah they're 
They're cast out into the They're pod. They're cast out into the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find the QR code. That's right. What's a QR code? I don't know. Sometimes I'm just on Facebook. It just happened to me. Yeah. You know? Whoa. All right. So, technology. All right. See ya.